Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the burnt offering as we pick up in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 8. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Now, it is interesting when Mary and Joseph, after the birth of Jesus, came for this purification rite kind of a thing, that Mary brought two turtle doves, which would indicate that they were of poor circumstances. They weren't wealthy at all. They were poor people. They could not afford to bring a sheep, and the poor people could bring the two turtle doves, and thus Mary, indicating the poverty of Mary and Joseph, brought two turtle doves for the sacrifice for her rite of purification and all. As we get into chapter 13, God is dealing with the subject of leprosy. And the priests were given instructions on uh, how to diagnose leprosy, a breaking out on a person's body, the examination of it, the color of hairs that are in the blotch and so forth, uh, so that the priest can truly identify the leper. Now it was twofold. Number one, if it was indeed leprosy, and many times they would set them apart for seven days, re-examine them to, to see if there be any change of condition. But God wanted them to be very careful to, number one, if it was leprosy, to isolate them from the people, to keep this disease from spreading. And so it was a quarantine kind of a thing. But secondly, the careful examinations so that no one would be isolated who was not truly a leper. So God wanted them to be careful in both directions. Make sure it's leprosy so that in case it is leprosy, the person can be isolated from the community so that the disease would not spread. But secondly, make sure if it isn't that the person then doesn't have this isolation from the community itself. And so the 13th chapter deals with leprosy, the identifying of this loathsome disease by the priest, and the separation of the person who is diagnosed actually as to having leprosy. And the command that the person is to cry unclean, unclean, in verse 45, if it is discovered that he indeed has leprosy. And... Uh, how that the garments and so forth are to be dealt with if, if there is a growth of some kind within the garment and how it's to be destroyed and burnt and all. This is the law of the plague of leprosy, verse 59. In a garment of wool or linen, either in the warp or wolf, or anything of skins to pronounce it clean or to pronounce it unclean. In chapter 14, it begins with very fascinating words. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. 
Interesting indeed because leprosy is incurable. So God in the law made provision for the operation of his grace apart from human instrument. For in a technical sense, leprosy was incurable. It is still incurable to the present day. And yet, God has made there within the law the provision giving him the leeway to work in a supernatural way, to heal. And thus the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. And it is interesting, God declares the priest shall first go out of the camp and examine the person because any person with leprosy had to live outside the camp. He was ostracized from the community. And so the priest had to go out from the camp and examine the man. And then if he beholds a plague of leprosy is healed in the leper, then he shall command him to take the man that is, to, is cleansed to take two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds shall be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them in the, and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is cleansed from the leprosy seven times and he shall pronounce him clean and he shall let the living bird loose into the open field. And then he that is cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave all of his hair, wash himself with water that he may be clean, and after that he shall come into the camp, and he shall tarry abroad out of his tent for seven days. But it shall be on the seventh day he shall shave all his hair off of his head, his beard, his eyebrows, even all the hair... He shall shave off and shall wash his clothes and he shall wash his flesh with water and be clean. The eighth day he is to take two lambs without blemish, the one new lamb of the first year without blemish, and the three-tenths of a deals of fine flour for the meal offering mingled with oil. He is to offer a trespass offering, a sin offering, and then a burnt offering or a offering of consecration and he shall take the blood of the trespass offering and put it upon the right ear and upon the thumb of the right hand and upon the great toe of the right foot of the leper who has been cleansed and he shall pour the priest shall pour some of the oil into the palm of his own left hand and he shall dip his right finger in the oil and then he shall sprinkle the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord the rest of the oil the priest is to put on the right ear and upon the right thumb and the big toe of the right foot. And thus the process whereby the leper was brought back into the community and allowed to live once again among the people. Leprosy has often been used as typical of sin. 
typical of sin because of the mystery of its origin and of its transmission. We don't know how leprosy is transmitted from one person to another. We don't know how a person gets leprosy. Even as we don't know how sin is actually transmitted from one to another. And yet there seems to be death is passed unto all men for all sin. And there is that transmission, but we don't know how. Leprosy by all human standards is incurable. Now through medicine they can arrest leprosy in its development, but they can't cure it. It can only be arrested. It's incurable as far as human standards go. So sin, incurable as far as man is concerned. Leprosy is deadly. So also is sin deadly in its results. Leprosy is insidious in its development within the body, destroying first of all the nerves, progressing until it hits a vital area, even as sin seems to be progressive and insidious in that it destroys man's will to resist. And so we see then in the cleansing of the leper the two birds, the one that is killed, the blood caught in this clay vessel, the second bird dipped in that watery blood mixture. I'm certain that if you sought to really look you would find great symbolisms and a reason for the cedar wood, a reason for the scarlet, a reason for the hyssop, and a reason for the bloody water. For I am sure that in them there is something that does point to Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. It is interesting that there is sort of a scarlet thread woven through the Old Testament pointing to Jesus Christ. Here the leper was to bring scarlet. We remember that Rahab the harlot was to allow a scarlet cord out the window so that all that would be in the house where the scarlet cord was hanging from the window would be saved when the children of Israel captured Jericho. But the cedar wood could, of course, be looking forward to the cross, and I'm sure that they all in some way looked forward to the cross. Could it be that the cross was of cedar? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. The bloodied water surely speaks to us of when Jesus had his side pierced by the Roman soldier and there came forth blood and water, and it speaks of our cleansing through the blood of Jesus Christ. The hyssop. We remember while he was there upon the cross, they took the hyssop bush and they put vinegar upon it and put it to his lips when he cried, I thirst. So I'm certain that in all of this, there is beautiful symbolism. 
And as you read it and just open your heart to the Spirit, I'm sure that God can speak to you and give application to these things to your heart. I am not much of one to get into spiritualizing of scriptures, though I believe that there are spiritual analogies all the way through. That is just not my method or type of teaching, and thus I will leave that to others who seem to have greater insights into those types of spiritual applications. I find them very interesting and beautiful when they are pointed out. And so, then the dedication of the man, having been cleansed, the blood upon his ear, upon his thumb, and upon his foot is really the, the symbol of the consecration of your life now to God. This was the thing that was done for Aaron when he was sanctified toward the priesthood, the blood upon his ear, thumb, and, and right toe. Be speaking that your ear might be open to God, that your hand might be busy doing the work of God and your feet walking in the path of God. And so we, having been cleansed from our sin, that isn't the end of it. We are now to live a life that is consecrated unto God, a life of commitment unto Him, our ear open to His voice, our hands doing His work, our feet walking in His path. And so there is a whole analogy here of the leprous man in his cleansing with the sinful man and his cleansing, and thus his consecration and commitment unto God. And so he goes ahead and he details the, the laws of, of those that were plagued with leprosy. Verse 32, it sort of uh, gives a capsulization. This is the law of him in whom is the plague of leprosy, whose hand is not able to get that which pertains to his cleansing, the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron, saying, Now, when you come in the land, there, there, was a, there was a plague that would also get in the houses, probably sort of a mildew. And if this growth was in the houses, they were to scrape the rocks, they were to replaster them, and if it broke out again, they were just to tear down the house completely. But if after the replastering it didn't break out again, then the house was considered clean, and they could go ahead and live in it. And so, again, the bringing of the birds and killing the one over the water and all, much the same. This is the law of leprosy, chapter 14. Now, as we get into the 15th chapter, God deals with sort of a, a, a boil kind of a thing or any breaking out on your body, any kind of a running sore. Uh, that a person might have, that he is unclean. And the whole thing has now to do with hygienic principles, how that uh, anything that he wears that touches it is unclean, and, and the various washing processes that they need to go through until this running sore, sort of a staph infection, is healed completely. 
it is interesting that these laws of cleanliness, these laws of washing and all, were so important for good hygiene. Up until just the last hundred years or so, the hospitals did not always follow good practices of hygiene. The doctors didn't really wash that much. In fact, there, there used to be sort of a feeling that the bloodier that the, the doctor's clothes were, really it, it was sort of a symbol of, of the efficiency and the effectiveness of the man. And so they would go from one patient to another without washing, from one childbirth delivery to another without washing, and from one operation to another without washing coming in all bloodied and everything and just moving from one to another and not really following a, a good routine of washing. Now, one of the first doctors to recommend that they really start a thorough washing procedure was almost uh, lost his license because he dared to suggest such a thing. And he was really a, looked down on in the medical field for quite some time until he was able to prove statistically that the death rate uh, among his patients, especially those mothers bearing children, was much less than all of the rest by a dramatic amount because of the careful practices of washing. So now this is up until just about a hundred years ago. There wasn't nearly the care in washing, and yet had they read the law that God gave, they would have known the necessity and the value of the washing and of the cleaning. Now, the Bible doesn't say that cleanliness is next to godliness in those words. Those words are found in the Koran, but not in the Bible, but yet surely it is implied that cleanliness is important. Physical cleanliness is important. That is certainly something that is taught in the law, though it is not necessarily related to godliness because they're whole different areas, but yet just to your own physical well-being, cleanliness is very important. To stop the spread of disease and uh, to, for just good health, cleanliness is important indeed. And so as you get into the 15th chapter and uh, you're dealing with these issues and so forth uh, that are coming forth, sort of a staph infection, he, he goes through the various cleansing processes and uh, the, the, the way that they are to be cleansed, the number of days and so forth. And then also uh, just dealing basically with cleanliness and then coming to the woman and, and dealing with her in her menstrual period. And uh, the, the fact that during this period she was ceremonially unclean, that anyone that touched the bed where she slept was also unclean, would have to wash and so forth. And then after the menstrual period would have to wait for seven days in, in separation. And then uh, she would bring on the eighth day two young pigeons or turtle doves to the priest uh, for sacrifices 
uh, of a sin offering and a burnt offering, and then she was then clean and could then uh, resume physical relations with her husband once more. It is interesting, this no doubt is the reason why there was such great fertility among these people, because that is the, the, the they were able to, or when they were able to come again with physical relationships was about the time of ovulation, and so it uh, made for a rapid increase in population. And thus shall ye separate the children of Israel from the uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. Now, the uncleanness, it is important that we realize that this was a ceremonial uncleanness, and during the period of this uncleanness, they were not allowed to come to the tabernacle of God. If, if, you, if you had this running sore, you weren't allowed to come to the tabernacle of God until you'd gone through the seven days of washing, washing your clothes, washing your body and everything else, and, and after the, the running sore had healed and, and scabbed over and healed, and then you could come. But it was, it was ceremonially uh, unclean. You weren't allowed in the tabernacle of God during this uh, period of uncleanness. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Leviticus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Leviticus 12 through 15 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord be with you and keep you in his love and grace. May you be enriched in Christ Jesus in all things. And may your understanding of God's love be increased day by day as you begin to fathom the depths, experience the heights of God's love and grace and mercies towards you. Through Jesus, our Lord. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. It's with great honor that the Word for Today would like to present Pastor Chuck Smith's book entitled Prayer, Our Glorious Privilege. With great clarity, Pastor Chuck masterfully taught the principles of praying to God our Father and emphasized the power that belongs to each one of us when we rely on the Holy Spirit to guide and nurture our prayer lives. 
I want to encourage you to pick up a copy of Pastor Chuck's book, Prayer, Our Glorious Privilege, and study it to put these biblical principles into practice. Read this book and come to the most amazing realization that prayer is the most potent weapon in your spiritual arsenal, and use it with great promise and hope. For when you begin a life of prayer, you begin a great adventure. To order a copy of this book in print or to download a digital copy, please visit thewordfortoday.org or call The Word for Today at 800-272-9673.